Greetings everyone at Adoration. This is your host Mac and I believe we have an incredible topic that we're going to be talking about this evening. The title of this message is called God Has Made Us Righteous. And beloveds, I had a revelation uh, several weeks ago that I realized that I simply had not fully accepted that Jesus had paid the entire cost for my sin. And I know that that sounds incredible for someone who's been ministering for over 30 years, but I have to tell you, I believe that many of you all will find yourselves in the same place that I was in. And so let me explain very quickly before we start the broadcast. I was walking around still looking behind, looking at issues that had tormented me for years, still thinking about things that had hurt me, that had literally destroyed parts of my heart and I came to the conclusion that the reason why I kept looking back and reflecting on these things is because I simply had not accepted that Jesus had fully paid my debt and that when we are new in Christ When we become new creations, those things that are old truly should pass away. And behold, we should all be made new. And when I thought about it, after having this revelation, I realized that, oh my, had I fully put my life totally in Christ. In fact, had I actually died to sin so that I may live in Christ and you know what the answer was no so as you listen tonight just understand that the words that I am sharing have come from a man who has now accepted the fact that in Christ I have been perfected Amen. You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Christian Speak Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry. We are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Christian Speak Talk Radio.
is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. So all of your gifts to this ministry are tax deductible. So go out to our website, www.whenchristianspeak.com and click on our donation page. The love of Jesus has changed my life. I've seen his beauty and heard his word. Today, I, I might say a few things that you may not have heard it quite this way, although there's no scripture that I'm going to use uh, that you've never read before. I promise you, if you've opened the Bible, you've been to the really the, the main passage that I'm going to be dealing with today, but I might go into Romans 12, and I think actually Romans 12 is a good starting point. Uh, because we do quote it so often, yet I don't think we really understand the magnitude of it. But but let me get to the the core thing here. It is my understanding and my belief that many of us are walking around today with unnecessary burdens and unnecessary weight based upon what we believe is scripture but not really understanding the debt that was paid for our transgressions. So let me just Take it all the way. Um, again, you probably never heard it like this before, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and step out on faith and say this because this has been 
a blessing to me. So it all starts with this whole separation between the Old Testament and the New Testament, or better put, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And so in really reading the scriptures and analyzing everything, you know, I've come to the conclusion that the Bible, which makes up the old and the new, first and foremost, don't don't get this twisted. It is for everyone. Everyone benefits from the word of God. Everyone is included. Saint, sinner, Jew, Gentile. You know, we're all included. But we have to be cognizant of who this was really written for and how we who are outside of that fit into this. So let me just put it here right now that there's no covenant between God and Gentiles. There was never a covenant. So that which was written in the old covenant was specified for the people whom God elected. And that would be Israel. As we go into the new covenant, the new covenant also is established to replace the old. And you will see that in the new covenant is the place where Gentile believers such as us play a key role. I can argue that, you know, even during the Old Covenant, Old Testament time, that you could see if you read scriptures and understand the geographic location of places that the word of God was traveling and it was traveling sometimes outside the borders of the elect, the Jews. However, we don't see the full manifestation of that until we get to the new covenant. And in fact, we have to go through all four gospels and then into the book of Acts before we see this thing manifested first to the Jew. Then it was spread abroad to the Gentile. And so you might ask, well, why am I starting at this place? And the reason I'm starting at this place is because for years and years and years, good Bible-believing Christians have been locked into a set of laws that was never intended for them specifically. Although 
They are, in fact, God's perfect law. But God understood from the beginning that there was no way that mankind could ever live by the letter of the law. And so, because man could not live by the letter of the law, and because man had failed God time after time after time, and I'm specifically talking about his chosen, it even got to the point where God himself had to say he repented forever even creating man. Yet, God had already made provision for man since before time as we as human beings could ever understand it. And that would come later in the form of Jesus Christ himself, who is God in human flesh on the earth. And so we've been locked into uh, so many uh, old covenant beliefs and practices mixed in, quite frankly, with pagan practices that now we who are here today oftentimes are operating in systems that were never intended for us to follow from the start. And this has been an issue with the establishment of the local church as we know it today. Now, I'm not here, promise you, I'm not here just bashing church. What, what I'm saying is that many churches have taken practices that were never for us, and they have been incorporated, grafted in to the way that we worship, so much to the point that we have no concept of what true liberty in Christ really means. And I'm saying this for a reason, for being one who has been uh, a part of the a gospel ministry since March 31st of 2000, officially. I know so many people who today are still being locked into concepts of being uh, cheerleaders almost in the church establishment. When God has missions for them to launch out and to teach all nations. And it's, you know, there's a place for everything and we need our places of worship. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not beating that up. But isn't it interesting that everything about the church as it was established in the book of Acts Amazingly, these folks launched out, whether you're talking about into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, or the uttermost parts of the earth. That's Acts 1.8. 
they were going out. Now, yes, you might argue, well, that's because the church was new. Well, guess what? Believe it or not, it's still new to so many areas of the world that have yet to hear a proper gospel message. Because we have hidden away in a building, we've hidden away in choirs, we've hidden away in committees, we have uh, locked in to uh, concepts such as tithing and other ritualistic things that were never intended, A, for the Gentile, and B, for those who have been released from the bondage of sin, don't have to be revisited again. Isn't it amazing where we can always go to Malachi 3 and it says, you know, bring all ye tithes into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house, yet we never focus hardly on what Jesus says, which is to give with the abundance of one's heart. And I guarantee you, the abundance of one's heart would be more than 10%. And in fact, Bible scholars, even the tithe, if you really did the math in the system of the old covenant, oftentimes was more than 10% anyway. So all of these concepts have come. And along with that, this concept that we have to continuously, continuously and continuously keep asking for repentance and forgiveness of sin. And I know this is where it's going to get controversial, but I'm going to back this up. In fact, I'm going to use Myra's scripture because she went Romans 12, 1 and praise the Lord. I know that was, I don't even have to look at my little iPad, my little cheat sheet down here for that one. But I need you to understand something is that if we say as believers that Jesus has paid for our sin, why is it that we don't trust him enough that he paid it forever? Did that sink in yet? Let, let, me, let me explain. If we say that Jesus shed his blood for the sins of those before, those who were present, those who are here now, and for anyone in the future. And we believe that. And I'm not talking about with the lip service that comes with all you folks that keep quoting Romans 10, 9, as if that's like the, the only way that you can acknowledge that you're a believer. Because in another lesson, I'll deal with that. But for the course of this, it doesn't make any sense to have people 
just walk up from their chairs to the altar and just say those words and not understand that in the actual uh, um, uh, verses in Romans 10, the whole focus that Paul and others were uh, trying to communicate were mainly to the Roman Jewish sector of that church because they were the ones who were still operating and trying to release themselves from the old covenant and embrace this new covenant and they were catching holy hell because of that transition. But that was not the case for the Gentiles who could just readily receive Jesus Christ and the gospel by grace. Were people persecuted of all, uh, all sectors? Absolutely. But the main persecution came to those Jews who no longer accepted Judaism, but they came over to the way, as Christianity was called in that day. And because of that, Paul and others in particular, who were called to speak both to the Jewish community and to the Gentile community, had an awesome responsibility to make sure that they were sure of their faith. And honestly, that's all that I'm doing right now. Because, believe it or not, repentance from God's perspective is a one-time only affair if, and that's the key word, if you are in Christ and not just I know of Christ. And that's the difference, guys. Okay, so in Romans 12, excuse me, yeah, Romans 12, what is it? Starts off with, I beseech ye brethren by the what? Mercies of God that you would present yourselves living sacrifices. Is that not a duplication of what Jesus did on the cross? So we have to give up what we know and what we understand about everything related to this world and literally in a spiritual sense place our bodies on this spiritual cross alive to be living sacrifices no more needed for a dead sacrifice because Jesus was the last one who had to die physically in order that all who choose him would live. 
We replicate his actions in everything, beloveds. So when we say that we are living sacrifices, listen to what it says. It says, holy, holy, all of us and acceptable. So that has to be without any shadow of doubt. We say today, oh God, this body is no longer mine. I, the songwriter says, I give myself away. I would just like to say, I sacrifice myself away. That you would take control, take charge of my body. This is the part that we're missing and we just read through that, you know, I beseech ye brethren by the mercies of God that ye present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So what does it mean to be acceptable unto God? Believe it or not, brethren, sistren, that means to be seen by God as righteous and as perfect. And you say, but I'm a sinner. I have fallen short of the glory of God. And you know what? You are absolutely correct. The problem is, is if we have released our body, our minds, our hearts, our souls, our spirit unto God, he can choose to see us any way he wants to. He is the judge. He is the one who determines our destination. He's the one who determines if we are sanctified in him. He's the one who provides justification. We don't have to prove ourselves to the world. So why is it, saints, that we keep looking to the world to justify who we are if we are in Christ? That is the question. And that's the part that, oh, it has been tugging at me for years and years and years because I'm going to use myself as the example. I'm, I'm living still in my actions as if somehow, if my day today was better than yesterday, that somehow I'm on the right track. I'm serious. I'm, I'm just telling you. This is the truth. I'm thinking... Oh, yeah, well, I put this away. I put that away. I don't do this anymore. I'm not thinking like that anymore. And somehow was actually feeling some form of self-satisfaction that I had somehow accomplished something. To find out that honestly, I wasn't truly in Christ. Not the way that he says. 
I was in it the way I wanted to be in it, which gives me wiggle room in order to justify my sin, in order to make excuses for why I wasn't accountable for certain things. And I ended up just being totally frustrated and confused that somehow I knew I was missing the mark in Christ, but I couldn't understand why. But if we are trying to be our own Christ and trying to do things our own way, we will never experience the liberty that Christ has for us. He says that we should be living sacrifices, holy acceptable unto God, and that's the reasonable service. That's the only service we could ever do in and of ourselves. But then look how it goes. And then it says, now, be not conformed to this world. And I want to stay here for a moment. I, I was going to go to 2 Corinthians. I may not even get there. But be not conformed to this world. Well, brothers, sisters, guess what? Undercover, many of us are still conforming to the world, the world's rules, the world's principles, the, 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 the vibe of this world. Many local churches, churches, I'm sorry, I can't even churches, what does that mean? Uh, many churches are doing the same things, and I, and, and I don't think that it's on purpose, I think it's just unawares, because we keep trying to be reactive when God is telling the church, which is really all of us who believe, to be proactive. So I don't have to follow anyone in order to gain uh, people into my congregation. I don't have to dance around and prance around and somehow wear the wrong kind of clothing, say the wrong and inappropriate things, live the wrong and inappropriate life in order to convict others. No, I'm supposed to live a righteous and holy life because my life is no longer mine. It's his. And if it's his, he will not do anything to defile that body. I don't know if this is sinking in. If Jesus died for us and that with that, he gave us access to eternity. Why is it that we keep still trying to live as if we have to keep going back to the cross going back and putting him on the cross, going back and having to be redeemed all over again when he said it is finished. And if he said it was finished over 2,000 years ago, then 2,000 years later, we ought to act like it is finished. And yes, beloveds, we can walk in true righteousness not in and of ourselves, but in the manner that God now sees us. But we have to be in Christ. 
when you are in Christ, you become a new creation. I believe my Bible is right. I'm not even looking. I don't have to look. But if you are a new creation, then that which is of old has passed away. Let me bring that back to the covenant discussion. There was an old covenant. It was a letter of the law, perfection, perfect illustration of how God would want us to live. Does the old covenant have relevance today? Absolutely yes. But are we to live solely in it? Absolutely not. Because if you are Gentile, it was never yours to begin with. Now, as this old covenant is transformed by Jesus into the new covenant, it's the same principle. In one measure, it was eye for an eye. In the new measure, it says if he strikes you on the right, turn and let him strike you on the left. Do you not understand? He comes and came to fulfill that which was of old because mankind in his natural state could never live by that covenant because it was too perfect. So what happens with the new covenant comes grace. And grace as Paul would write, is sufficient. And I, I always try to understand, what does that mean? I get it now. His grace is sufficient. We, if we're looking at life, looking at the world only from our natural perspective, and honestly, guys, 99% of y'all are doing just that, unawares. If you're going by your feelings, if you're going by what you think, if you're going by what you understand, then you have not truly put your life into his. I had a, I had a, uh, um, a message a few months back about the difference between in Christ and what was it? Uh, uh, to be in Christ or to have Christ in you. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay. And I know that's a play on words per se, but I want to be in Christ, because that's what the Bible says. If, if, that's a condition, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or creation, depending on your, your version. 
But what does it say after that? That which was old has passed away. Behold, I think that's the King James. Mm -hmm. Behold, you have been made new. Myra and I talked about this uh, a few weeks back with this word metamorphosis. I can actually spell that one, guys. Okay. And the only reason I can spell it is because I had to use it in my message. But there are four stages that the insect that we know as the caterpillar has to go through to go from the embryonic state to the butterfly state. The interesting thing is, is that each step of the way, that which was old has passed away because it is transformed into something else. So that by the time it goes through that last transition into the butterfly from caterpillar, you do not see the caterpillar ever again. And that is the best way that I can sum up why we should be in Christ. If we are in Christ, this shell of a body has passed away as far as its influence on me. Because I have released that for the excellency found in Jesus. And that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about. There's a more excellent way. And once you can embrace that, then you will find that there's no more reason to repent because repentance is only to God. But if you're already giving your body to God, there's no other reason to repent. That's why I said you have to know where you are. And if you're not there yet, where you can actually say my total existence is in Christ, that's okay. Because it's better to be honest about it than to walk around in a lie. I walked around in a lie. And I had a revelation about a month ago, I believe. And I got my feelings hurt when I realized that as much as I thought that I was in Christ, I really was not at all because I was still relying on my ingenuity, my understanding, my feelings, my hurt, my concepts. And that is a dangerous place to be. It helps me to understand ever the more why the laborers are few because it takes self-examination and honesty mm -hmm. 
to be able to say, I'm not there yet. While it's all right, because God loves you through this process if you're going through a process. If you're working your way to him, he is with you, beloveds. I'm not saying this is a beat-up session. I'm saying it is good to know where you are. The reason that Myra and I throw our own personal life examples is because I don't want to ever sit here and try to pretend that somehow I got the answers and we're, we're on some different spiritual level that no one else can understand nor obtain. I, I, I'm not going to do that. I still need to grow. Myra still needs to grow. We all still need to grow because there is perfecting going on. But the way that God sees us is the key element to all of this. Because once you are his, you are made perfect in him. So today, I don't know whether you knew that you are truly righteous, you are truly holy, and you are truly perfect if you are in him. That which was of old has passed away. Behold, we are made new. If the debt has been paid, don't worry about trying to compensate and pay back. You never can embrace the liberty that comes from being made free. For he who the Son has set free is free indeed. 